Here we go, fall of 2020. This is the 1080 Outdoors Podcast Land Management Series, where our main focus is pursuing the truth for everyday hunters like you. I wouldn't say it's kind of an FU, it's definitely an FU. Chronicle and document how our season's going and give you real-time updates, overall land management practices. You have to find a way to hunt big buck where they are. Welcome to the 1080 Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, Taylor Henry, and it is episode number 60. 6-0. And we are bringing in a new month to 2020, October. This podcast is all about your October to-do list and the three phases of hunting in October. Also, we go over the week hunt, weekly hunting report for uh, the 28th through October 4th. So, we're actually a little ahead of a schedule here, Weston. We are. <clears throat> Getting this October thing out before October. It's pretty insane, actually, that we're ahead of schedule. Just usually, really helping people. <clears throat> usually doesn't happen. But. Just really helping people. Right. Well, that's the goal. Let's hope so. It is um, raining again. So, what is, what's the news? What's the news on your hunting in the last week? And congrats on episode 60. Yeah. Quite a milestone. Yeah. Six hole. Um, well, you know, we kind of talked about it in the weather report last week. Uh, there was only like one or two days maybe that were worth uh, risking a sit. We have a chicken in the podcast room right now. We have Bo. We have Bo. Bo. And chi- Bo got him out. Yep. With our bouncer right there. Um, but I did not get out. I actually instead I got um, some other things done and ready. And got the rest of the gear that I needed ordered for my uh, trip to Idaho in October. Oh, yeah. It's coming So, up. I got a new scope. Uh, I got it boresighted, and I got her got her dialed in. Now, I just need to shoot it a lot more so that I am comfortable shooting out to, you know, four. I don't think I'll probably take a shot over 400, but we'll see. Yeah. That'll be fun. You're going to be missing a good time to be a whitetail hunting. I know. I don't think I com- could commit to a October trip in my life right now. It's It was an aggressive thing. Like we've talked about on the podcast lots of times, I had planned on going a week or two earlier. but Oh, that's right. Yeah. It is what it yeah, is. you got to do what you got to do. Takes were bought already. So, so um, me, I did not get out actually at all last week so i attacked you last week for not hunting the week before but (laughs) um yeah i did not sit at all and that was mainly because yeah it was just hot and humid and it was not this week was this week was coming next and you could i could see that this week was probably better spent hunting um so the plan is lessons gotta hit record on this video device yep i actually think it's no, it's not. no, it's not. And then, uh, so this will actually be a video on YouTube as well. If, if you need to go there or Facebook, um, you might add in a couple extra things. But the old Whitetail Weekly weather forecast for the week of September 28th through October 4th. So we're entering into October. The rest of this podcast and uh, another video is... Um, 
the October to-do list. So after we get done with the weekly forecast here, we are going into the year October to-do list, all from property management to trail cam tactics to actual hunting tips. So kind of a quick overview of how we look at October, and that'll be coming up right after this Whitetail Weekly Report. All right. Weston. What is up? You got the weather in front of you there? I do. What's the first thing that you see? Why don't you name off, um, just name off the weather for over the next week. Uh, just going uh, strictly off uh, temperature-wise, obviously today we had a little bit of a temperature drop, and then it's going to drop even more um, tomorrow, high of 56, low of 44. Wednesday, same thing. <clears throat> Thursday, we have the uh, the low dropping to 35, so we're getting down in the mid-30s. Yep. Getting down in there. And then, so I would say, and there's a 50% chance of rain on Wednesday. So, I mean, depending on how severe the rain is. Yep. There was little to no chance of rain today, and we've got it's raining rain right like now. three times. So, um, And then a bigger jump temperature drop towards um the beginning of the weekend it actually highs in the mid to upper 40s starting friday so that's the kind of stuff that gets you pretty excited yeah so we have is it looks we're moving out of this warm front into a cold front and uh kind of a sustained cold front for the next week or Mm -hmm. so probably more seasonal temperatures um, and we actually don't really drop much below. Can you look that up? What's like the average temperature for these next couple of days? Sure. Um, but <clears throat> the big thing that's happening is there's a rain that's taking place. Looks like on Wednesday. And if it doesn't take place, that is triggering a pressure increase um, from Wednesday morning all the way through Friday morning. Um, so we're going from a 29.66 bottom out on Wednesday morning to a 30.3 top out friday morning that's a pretty big jump <clears throat> this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about when we talk about early october you gotta look for weather fronts and um and this is this is one so we're, we had a little cold drop off here um last couple of days but this is going to take it to the next level and i think it'll really get the bucks up and moving so my top three sits for the whole week. I would do a Wednesday afternoon after that rain. If it rains, I like the pressure first starting to rise and kick back after a rainfall. Um, and then I would, you know, Thursday afternoon is going to be really good. You have really, um, the pressure is probably increasing the most on Thursday <clears throat> with temperatures bottoming out friday morning and that's going to be my third set so my plan is actually doing a thursday afternoon sit and coming right back to probably that place friday morning um i got a couple bedding areas i'm targeting in that scenario and i'm just going to do the the double sit hoping that if one comes back into that area if he wasn't there the night then i'll catch him on the first time through that next morning um if i'm just hunting weekend so weekend warrior <clears throat> Friday afternoon, Friday all day is going to be awesome. I mean, a high of 47, lows in the 30s um, with pressure peaking. I like all anytime Friday, so Friday afternoon. And then uh, Saturday morning, if there's going to be a rain event that takes place that afternoon, we catch that um, that morning possibly because it's going to be cool. And, uh, and then Sunday afternoon. 
So the cool thing about Saturday is we're going to have a first south wind all week on Saturday. And we always talk about anytime you get that first south after a lot of north, um, as the legend Mark Drury would say, you know, it really triggers something. And we, we, we had that, we had the opposite of that um, take place when I saw <clears throat> three or four mature bucks on their feet. Yeah, it was south a couple for, weeks ago. It was a south for a week, and they finally got a north, and they were all on their feet, and it came out of their southern um, bedding areas. So <clears throat> this is a situation here with a south wind coming after a lot of norths, maybe target a south bedding area that morning, catching something coming back for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, so the <clears throat> average temperature for the end of September into October – here in Viroqua is 64, 67, so mid mid to high 60s for the high, and then um, lows are in the mid mid to high 40s. Okay. So actually, it'll be a little seasonably colder. Seasonably cooler, and it'll be quite a bit seasonably cooler. Yeah. So. Um, and then something to look at, too, you know, is when it gets back to normal. So we'll actually be below normal for a while, mm-hmm. and then that next Monday and Tuesday looks – we're actually be coming back to normal temps. Um, and that can be sometimes a little little driving force of movement too. So it's upcoming week. Got a lot of good days. This is going to be a good week. There's going to be a lot of bucks that die. At first, it's a good cold front for the mm-hmm. first week of October. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this weekend setting up to for people that hunt weekends that you're going to get an opportunity at probably some mature bucks. Um, you know, look at the food sources that – our cut corn fields are just on fire right now and they're all starting to happen. Um, if you got good alfalfa clover fields that are still lush and green, they're still going to be good. And then yeah, get on an acorn flat or something. If you have acorns in your area dropping. So we're going to go into further strategy now on just October hunting, like the overall October to do list and how we look at October and our kind of our strategy around hunting October, but this next week, um, looks to be pretty much exactly what I, I'm about to talk about where you have to look out for and you have to get, it's worth getting in the woods. Mm-hmm. So is October lull a myth or not? About to find out. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So first thing, um, that we talk about for just the October to-do list. So um, we'll go over property management, to-dos, trail camera tactics, and then the hunting tactics, actually. So like we always start these to-dos, overall property management, how I'm looking at the properties I'm hunting right now, um, and then any type of prep work um, that I need to get done in October. Uh, The number one thing I look at, as a property manager this time of year is to limit human intrusion. There's no question about it. It's starting to get really, really nice out. Like, you know, like we're talking about next week's going to be forties and fifties. People get excited, go out and want to get out and hunt or even want to get out and, you know, just do a lot of chores, cutting wood, um, mowing trails, all that good stuff. Um, I, I, tr- it, I have to hold myself back. It's not easy because right. it is a, it's such an awesome time to be in the woods. So like, like today I went on a walk on just public land just cause it's, 
got to control yourself a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to limit human intrusion. Um, right now is a, a important time for that. Um, next thing is the last kind of the last couple of weeks here of being able to top dress your food plots yeah. um, with winter rye or whatever cover crops you want to bring into the next spring. Um, beans and corn are um, leaving right now. So, you know, even top dressing into those once they get cut. Uh, so have some type of idea what you're thinking you want to do next spring and you can get a little head start right now. That's what we're planning on doing. We're going to get some winter rye out on these bean fields once they get cut. Um, and then, you know, you, I kind of take a audit of what's happening on the food plots and food sources that you have on your property. So kind of just keep a mental note or actual physical notes on um, food transition right now. So like in our situation, we have clover fields and, you know, brassica and, and turnip fields. Um, I've seen transitions right around this time where they all actually move off the, the brassicas and turnips um, that they were hitting, you know, September and October when they're nice and green and nutritious because they're going to start kind of dying off now. And if we get a good hard frost, they might come back to that kind of stuff. Um, also, you you know, figure out, like, kind of keep an eye, keep a audit of when your green fields are going brown, when they start losing their nutritional value and, and overall draw. Uh, alfalfa fields are going to die off at some point in this month. Um, use the farms that I hunt usually happens. I'd say we have two more weeks possibly of good green lush that they're actually hitting alfalfa fields. And then they usually, you know, die off or start browning up um, by November. And yeah, it, the big thing is, yeah, the big thing is that is like after the first frost, like there's some type of transition that usually happens with their crops. So the food sources change. Um, and then lastly, an awesome property management um, tool you can do right now is Doe Patrol. So if you don't have bucks in your area, feel pretty confident that they're not going to be around for the next couple of weeks. Um, first couple of weeks of October, um, we'll get into, it's more, you know, if you have bucks in your area, you can get on them because they're probably bedding and you can get in on those buck bedding areas. But if you don't have them in your area right now, feel free to go out and, and practice some doe management. Mm -hmm. Sling a couple does. <clears throat> All right. So moving on to trail camera tactics. Um, overall goal for me right now with trail cameras is finding back all the summer bucks. Um, so they dispersed, I'd say in the last two, two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, I still had seen even some bachelor groups up until even a week ago. And then the last week I've been starting to see a lot more, um, solo bucks. So, now we're moving, you know, the overall goal is to find those summer bucks back and find the bucks that were all in the bachelor groups back, um, kind of figure out what they're doing. I see them pop in for three to four day stints right now. Um, and by getting on with cameras, I usually put them on scrapes and big rub, rub lines as they open. So scrapes are the easy one to get them, start getting them on right now. Are you, um, a, are you a mock scraper? 
Yeah, but I usually like to set them up. I usually like to set the mock scrapes up, you know, earlier in the year. But by all means, if something hasn't opened yet, mm-hmm. do you go? So do you do you choose location that's that has like historically been a? Yeah, you know, you have your normal scrape right, trees that you right. you I always keep an eye on, and then like, yeah, right now if if they haven't opened yet, I wouldn't be afraid of um, scratching them with a stick and peeing in them <laughs> definitely yeah. peeing in them with your own pee yeah that's a pretty good scent so the bu- best buck activity i ever had over a scrape was after ripped a pee in it uh yeah i had a girl pee in it oh yeah yeah, yeah right. so i don't know if she had something else going on <laughs> that drew him in but yeah, yeah that's the best and we have another chicken in here <laughs> bowl that's the best uh uh buck tr- and that was that was the last two weeks of october that 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 scrape just lit up yeah um and the big you know you're you're gonna see right now is they're gonna be hitting them at night Mm. but i feel confident that they're you know if they're if they're flirting with daylight and they're hitting a scrape they're probably circling around that thing while the sun like while there is light so you you probably have a chance at it i wouldn't hunt i haven't had much luck hunting right over scrapes right now um but hunting over them and and watching bigger bucks like skim downwind of them and and take an inside cover route before they don't just walk right out to them usually right um uh, all right so besides scrapes and then big rub lines obviously they're there's just you know what they are like mature big buck rub line will just blow up at some point here in October, and that's a great spot to get them on camera too. I don't really put them on like just single rubs, but like just like if you know there's a rub <clears> line, in there's just area. like these things that will just explode. You'll be walking, you could have been there like two days earlier, and then all of a sudden you come back and like <laughs> ten trees are just tore up. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know what I used to think, but I feel like I didn't act on them as much as I should have before. And I've been starting to put cameras on them, like, the second I see it. And some of the best trail cam pictures I've gotten right. in October. So, basically, just moving them off, you know, the the field edges and the other stuff where you could get a good inventory. Yeah, you're going to Trying to get it, get them in a little tighter, too. Yeah, you're definitely going to move them off, like, right. if you have alfalfa fields or <clears throat> um, even, like, some of the... I have a couple cameras on, like, cut corn from when, they were, when it was good two weeks ago. Mm. But there's that they can be moved now because there right. isn't deer in there anymore yep, yep. um and then i would move them to like the only food sources i would hit hard now is i would i would keep an eye on uh um newly cut cornfields and then okay. I, would, I would put cameras on access routes out to them possibly with a scrape tied into it so scrape along the field edge with a nice trail coming out to the field secluded a little pocket those are awesome um, or get it on field scan and just put it out over the cut, like a good cut cornfield in October when they're starting to get it like pre-rut is it's hard. To, it's hard to beat it. Chickens are just getting up all into this podcast. <laughs> um, and then the third kind of movement would be, I do start, um, but putting cameras on like funnels and pinch points. So like high funnels and ditches, you know, 
when I say that high crossing up high in a ditch, usually you'll find one. That's a nice, that's a nice funnel or pinch that I just, they start using them. They start using them at night right now because they're running, they start checking. Once scrapes start lighting up, then they start making those kind of corridor travel routes that they use during the rut you see. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've actually get them a lot like in October right now at night, starting to use those places you, I mean, places maybe you haven't had camera pictures of them at all because it's so obvious leading up to now and then, but at night they're just, if they're on that, if they're on that circuit to go check a bunch of scrapes or something, they start taking those easier, easier pinches and, and funnels that they usually wouldn't take. Yep. And then those kind of set up to be your, your good rut stands too. Yep. Um, and I wouldn't like, I have cameras in on those type of places already. Cause I don't even like going in them, but if you have a couple of places, if you don't have like, I mean, I have shitload of cameras though. If you don't have that many cameras and you got to move them around throughout the season, that that is a good move right now is is getting them in there. So sneak in, in there in the rain or something and and put them in places like that. Um. And finally, looking back at previous year's trail cam pictures, so and data, um, I something happens here in these first next couple of weeks. We'll go into you know the hunting tactics behind it and kind of like the breakdown of what I think happens. Um, but something does happen here and looking back at previous years, you're going to see that you're going to see kind of a closer date. Like on one of the farms I hunt, I know that first cold front in October, I'm guaranteed to have multiple mature bucks on their feet in daylight. Now it's just a matter of how to hunt them. Right. But like, I can almost guarantee, like, a good, I mean, I don't think this next week, like, I mean, like, a good frost, like, give me, like, a day in the 20s or, or a low in the 20s or something. Or, like, I don't know, last couple of years, I feel like we've gotten a snowfall in October. Like, those can those things have been really, yeah, really helpful for me. Um, all right, so, moving on from that, so, obviously, just a recap of the trail cam tactics you know move your cameras to scrapes and big rub lines access routes field scan um access routes out to cut cornfields or on field scan mode funnels and pinch points and then uh look back at previous year's stuff so the overall hunting tactics you know we kind of dove into some of your previous hunting experience in october you saw that nice buck last year right mm-hmm. october 11th yeah and then we look, look, went and back that, and and that was that f- it was that first really big um, cold front temperature drop, yep. and I hunted kind of in the middle of it, actually. Yeah, that's been – I feel like the last two years, we've had some really aggressive mm-hmm. cold fronts in October early, yeah. and that has triggered some really good movements, mm-hmm. like even earlier than what you'd expect. Right. Um, so, like, obviously you're looking for that. Like, something said – something to be said about, like, a really – the first really hard frost mm-hmm. just seems to light things up. Um, so I break, you know, the goal here is to take advantage of the pre-rut, right? And while the bucks that you've been watching all fall are still in your home range and you have somewhat of a a handle on them. Yep. They're not completely out of control freaks yet. (laughs) Um, and that, you know, that's, that's the goal. You got to take advantage of that in some way. But I break these, you know, I break, I break October kind of in three different phases. 
Um, we're, you know, phase one is what we're in right now. I see that being the first through like the 10th, you know, and obviously there's always other factors like the last couple of years, really early October cold fronts have kind of pushed. Mm -hmm. You actually kind of seen the next phase come in and then kind of like, they'll like do shit for like a day or two before the next phase of something. Right. When something like when weather triggers and then like, and then that just transitions crappy or something. And then. And then they'll actually move into like that actual like you get like a pre rut. You get like a a pre pre rut. Yeah. So like just because yeah, of a, the second really phase t- yeah. is a pre pre rut. Yeah. So yeah. like the tenth through the twenty third, mm-hmm. you get a good cold front in there. You're gonna see some good action. Right. You could. Um, and I have a lot on on trail cameras. Um. Because it's just it's not the same as pre like. The 23rd through the 31st is pre-rut. Like, mm-hmm. So 10th through the 23rd is what people would usually label as the law. Yep. Like myth. Myth. Not, it, it's, it's just – so here, I, there's a couple different things that I think happen there. One is you're going to get – it's just that middle of October, you're, gonna, you're going to get seasonally like still it's warmer. Mm-hmm. Like, so you'll get like – we'll probably still get a couple days like the 70s in October. And yeah, I see that. I mean, that shuts it down. Yeah. And a big factor is they change their pattern. So they yep. move off the green. You know, I think that happens. I think that happened a week or two ago. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, people probably label that in with the, with the law. Mm-hmm. And then, um, we have a lot to do with it. So I think, you know, it doesn't, it's not a coincidence that, you know, the hunting season has been open for a while. Right. You know, the weather's so, getting yeah. nicer. It's much more enjoyable to sit, to sit in October. Um, it's starting to get, so we're like, we're talking about, you know, getting more aggressive right now. You know, if we, if you misstep, yeah, you're not, you're probably not going to see them because they're still in that security. Right. They're still in that like hypersensitive security mode, but they're starting to lose it. So they're start, they're going to start making mistakes. Um, and then I see that pre rut being the 23rd through 31st. I think I said that. And I've seen, I probably just like drunk rut action from a mature buck. <laughs> I've seen as early as October 26. And that's the same thing. It, it was hot for two days. You look back at cameras. Um, hot for two days and then that area shut down completely until you know it got back to, until the you know, next the ne- like actual rut took right. so like it's just you know you, you always see these little sneak peeks of stuff before they happen like full blown into that next phase um and that just that's a weather thing i think mm-hmm. and there or just you know you have the, the one or two doe that come into early heat um yeah i haven't seen I haven't seen that transition year over year though. Like I've tried keeping tabs on like where a doe came into heat really early and then went back the next year to see if it happened again in that area. And I haven't been able to transition that well. I've, I would, I will say like actual rut. I've, I've narrowed down a couple areas like within like three or four days and there's a little difference. So I'm guessing that's just the doe families that are living there. So that's, that's more, that's more talking about the rut though. Right. Um, I love hunting ob- observation sits here still. Give me a cut cornfield, unless I feel really good about it, or, and I know where they're coming out. I'll probably sit back that first day, night, and watch from a distance. Um, 
and just because I feel confident, number one, that if the conditions are consistent with what, you know, that night is, that they'll probably be back the next couple of days. It's just, I don't think they can control themselves. They can't contain <laughs> themselves. Like, if no. you have a mature buck coming out to a cut cornfield, like, you probably have a couple of days at it. In my, I just had, you know, we've been on them. But like I said, you're coming out to a big cut cornfield. Especially difficult. if it's an area that you haven't pressured yeah. hard, oh, yeah. obviously. Yep. So, I mean, they're going to come out there if they feel safe until it's, you know, until the food is no longer available. So, yep. And then uh, two, three days. make your rounds, talk to neighbors, yep. and get a good grasp on when crops are coming out. There's, I mean, I'm look. we're looking at my place right here, and I, we have thousands of acres of standing corn here, thousands of acres of, of beans that will not be standing probably November 1st. Right. Just because we are early here right now. Um, some might be, but just because I know the farmers around here, I know I'd say 90% of the, of, of those 2000 acres is owned by four people yeah. or be farmed by four people. So it's all coming. It's all it, like, I'm really excited to see what happens here in the next, when that stuff starts happening. Cause it's going to be, it's going to be completely different, completely different. Thousands of acres of standing food mm-hmm. will be gone. And I would, I'm, I'm anticipating you know, I, you, it leaves, and it probably would take like a week for me to hopefully get a pickup in action. I don't know. We'll, well see. You plan to leave how much standing? Oh, I'll have two acres of shitty corn that standing. <laughs> well, but. But I will have food. I'll, I mean, right. I have ten, over 10 acres of food right. that will be here still. Um. And I have good cover. Mm-hmm. So, like the second, I mean, I have good south facing slopes with good cover. South, I mean, get start getting cold here. I would assume that I'm going to start seeing something. Did you have could. a mature buck here this last week, He's nosing around. He might, I mean, if he, if he starts, I just, I need, I want some more confirmation on him because right. I think he's actually like is mature. He's not giant or anything, big, wide, 10 pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely take him on a place like this. He's at least four. So there's a very nice deer. Yeah. If I am going after a buck and I feel good about access and I know he's daylighting somewhere, I know I have a good sense of where he's hunting or where, sorry, where he's bedding right now. Um, I would, I'm not saying I have this yet this year. If I had a buck that I was feeling good about and I had him, what I thought was pegged in a buck bedding area, I would not be afraid in the next week or two or in, just in a, like that first cold front to hunt a morning sit. Make an aggressive and move. And catch him. Yeah. I think you can, I think you can make – I'll make – I'm going to make at least one aggressive move over the next two weeks on a mature – well, multiple mature bucks on different farms, right? Right. Um, so I just need – I just need a little sense. Just a little more. Just, just a little, little bit more. of something. I'm looking for a little, a little more bit of something over the next couple of days. Yeah. And Just I will, see. I will make a, I'll probably make a, an aggressive move in the first week, uh, ten to fourteen days of October. Because mm-hmm. um, I think you, you can, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't know, that's not, that's me. I think I can get away with it possibly, um, or not. Like it won't be the end of the world, and you probably have shot him again, in the rut, or 
um, late season. Right. But I mean, they're still they're going to be on something resembling a routine until you know the fifteenth through the twentieth. Yep. Is when I think you start losing a little bit of control of them. Um, so I think if you got something daylight right now, it's worth going in after. Or in or you just sit back and wait for the weather. And you just keep hunting edges and hunting edges. I mean that's my that's my alternative. I'll just you know, hunt the weather fronts, hunt edges until you get an eye on something. If you get an eye on something, I don't know I don't know why you wouldn't go in and after it. Right. Just be I mean I'm not gonna be hunting three days in the same stand like maybe if I was getting crazy in like November or something, but um if you feel good about your access in and out, and you feel good about where someone's bedding and the weather conditions are right, I don't think there's any there there's there's just too much information out there trying to steer people away from doing that with the October lull shit. Right. <clears throat> so I've pretty much eliminated that idea that there's any type of lull. I don't even like. Well, there is some sort of tra- there is some sort of transition, but that's has Which to do. It's a transition. Right. It's not a lull. It's the thing. I don't know. The thing that reason why people call it an October lull is because they stopped seeing deer yeah. that they saw on their summer patterns. Yeah, and they've hunted from the last the, four Saturday and Sunday nights in the from same the same stand. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, well, all of a sudden he's not seeing them. Well, you got to think. Oh, dude, you I was think a, of the environment and. You know. I was a big October lull guy. Oh yeah. Big well, October lull guy. I've been hunting for two years. And I was like, yep, October lull. Might as well not even hunt. Right. Look back on it now. I was like, yeah, you hunted. 17 of the <laughs> 21st days of October. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it got pretty lolly. <laughs> I know. And you, well, you're not hunting, you know, back then you're not hunting no, smart. Not hunting smart. So you're blowing it out and you're like, oh, this, this spot sucks. sucks. This spot's terrible. Sucks. Like, the deer, like, I don't know, they're just gone. Yeah. I was like that until like last year. Then I didn't, I don't, like, I, I went, I, it was like that and I didn't see a buck for until November. Mm hmm. And all of a sudden, miraculously, they're back because yeah, they can't control themselves. <laughs> yeah, they can't control themselves. No. Um, but yeah, sitting back the last couple of years, I've had some very good opportunities with bucks in October, and um, it's just bound to happen. Mm-hmm. At some point, you'll. But that's the thing about that's why you get intel. That's why you get all this. And you go into like <clears throat> and observational sits are so important. Jed Jed shot the two hundred incher. Last week of October. Yeah. It's just, <clears throat> it's a good time. It's a good time. Um, so, now, besides, weather does get yeah, me pretty besides, excited. Yeah. Besides <laughs> buck bedding areas, you know, oak flats, if acorns are, are good in your area, um, they're obviously great. And then we're just kind of waiting for that, that pre-rut to start. And the cold front, I mean, there's just, you can't say it enough. Cold front, cold front in October, a good cold front. Yeah. Good weather event. First snow. Nice little first snow. freeze. Well, yeah, nice little freeze and then a little little layer of snow. You know, a cold rain coming to open scrapes up after that. It's uh. So look for the sign. Yeah. Spend, Watch the weather. Spend time out on the edges looking for sign. Mm-hmm. You know, hang some cameras there. See what. See what the status is of it, or when they're hitting it. You know, if they're not hitting it until middle of the night, all the time, maybe move, find another scrape to move it on. Um, just 
you gotta still hunt smart and not lose control of yourself but we can start thinking about getting a little aggressive too and it's you, you have to be you have to be able to adjust like don't have it set in your mind that um like as i as i sit here and give you dates for three different phases like <laughs> i'm take i look at october essentially as giving me a cold front and then i'll start i'll let the cameras tell me like when bucks are starting to get into pre-rut mm-hmm. and then pushing into rut especially with cell cams now yeah. i mean it's gonna it's gonna completely change everything because there's been so many times where you get to a camera three or four days late in this in this stage and if you were just if you had got that information the first day that those bucks started hitting that or a buck started hitting that area and you had a couple days to like sit back and be like all right yep daylighting here in the morning or afternoon and you can make a move on it i feel pretty confident with it i mean they're gonna they're, they're gonna they're a cheat code <laughs> Yeah. They're literally giving us they access really that we just never you just, never had before. Yeah. I mean I sometimes I sometimes think about like how did people do it back in the day? Like did they just get lucky? Or are they just I mean, I suppose they know like I don't know. What, like <laughs> just checking trail cameras normally? No, like not having them at all. Not having cell cams? Well. Not having trail cams at all. Oh, not having trail cameras. Oh, it's still the same stuff. You just look at sign and Right. Well, I understand that. Sit but. back probably force you to actually be out there more which mm-hmm. would be good sit back and do a lot of observation sits you know you're hunting you're not hunting individual things probably as much right. at least things you don't know about as much yeah maybe that'll be a challenge that we put on put upon ourselves in a couple of years no trail cameras no trail cameras like on a farm for a year do it or put them out there and just never check them and then just see. So you could still have the information for them, right? Just do the soakers and uh, just so yeah, all of them have to be soakers. <laughs> you would go nuts. <laughs> you and I don't know if you'd be able to handle it. It had to be like it had to be like <laughs> certain farms or something. Well, yeah. <clears throat> and it would just be we hunt based on our, you know, sign that we see observational sits and then previous year history. Right. I'd probably would probably lean on that a lot more. That would be a good challenge. No trail cam challenge. Really for it would really I, yeah, it would I'm really not, like I'm you said it would re- to the point yeah to where I can, where I can <laughs> it would just really that. it would just really force you to be laser focused for. And well, I bet you'd be there. out doing observation shits more like you should right. be right exactly you know like like right now like ah oh, the cameras will take care of it like, <laughs> until you go out there and you see how much the cameras actually miss right. It's uh. It's a tough. It's this is a tough month too because, you know, you you plan, like you want to take all your vacation in November, or, or uh, you know, or get all your stuff like get try to get like your stuff done, because you're gonna be, MIA, mm-hmm. you know. I know. And it's like oh, I should just be MIA already. See, I don't. See, this is the thing I'm struggling with. So I'm leaving, mid October, through you know, well, mid October basically. So that that pre rut. And so I'm like, God, do I just decide to get really aggressive earlier? Uh, you know, based off of weather and other, when you leave other things. The 18th. Oh yeah, I would. Or how long I, are you gone? Ten days? No, just so. Uh, well, I'll come back Monday, so just seven. So you back the 25th? Yeah, 26. I think is what it is. Oh, I'd be doing something aggressive in the next couple of weeks. Right. 
Or I was like, or do I, just, you like, a, sit, or do I just like sit back and wait? No, I take that as a an advantage that you're going to be forced to not be on something for seven days. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So it's like, well, I might as well push the envelope and Why then not? let it rest. And then if I if I really mess it up, then at least I can let it. Yeah, I mean, chillax for and, a, a week. Yeah, I mean, you're probably not gonna. It's it, dude. It's all it's all weather. You, you got hunt smart and when right. And then uh, that that hit south the, wind hit the switch kind of gets me excited. Which day? Saturday. Yeah, I I do like that. I I honestly I I really do like that because that's the preferred win for uh, the area that I. I just don't I don't want to get crazy with the morning sits yet because I that would be a beneficial morning sit. So like, that's why that didn't rate as the my top three sits because like, that that action rates high, but it's a morning that I think that action is gonna be the best on. So I was apprehensive. So I pushed it. I mean, for the weekend warriors, yeah, I would. You know, do a Saturday morning set. I mean, yeah, it's it's gonna be thirty four, thirty five. We'll I'm, see. but I'm gonna do that Thursday. I mean, do the same thing, the Thursday night to Friday morning set, and then or do a Friday night to Saturday morning set. Like either one, either one could go. Mm-hmm. But it's two different wins. That's the problem. Right. So most likely, where you're sitting. Friday night might not work for Saturday morning. So that's why I like that Thursday. Thursday afternoon to Friday morning is the same exact wind. And it's a straight north wind? So if I get, like, ideally my best case scenario is I get a morning daylight picture or a real real early picture um, of a buck going into a bedding area on Thursday morning. Mm -hmm. And I hunt him there Thursday night. If I don't see him, I come back Friday morning and ca- catch him coming back. Hopefully, hopefully the same bedding area with the same wind. With the same wind, yep. Yeah. So, that's that's what I'm looking at. <sighs> I don't. I'm gonna start brainstorming that because north winds on some of these areas aren't aren't. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Right. Alrighty. Um, I think that's about it. You like got any? You got any uh, other things? <clears throat> no album of the week. Oh yeah, I do. You can hit the video. Yeah. Well. I think. Yeah, if you guys are on here and want to help us out with our video side of stuff, head over to our YouTube. We'll post that one video there and give it a like. Give us a give us a subscribe. And Weston has a album. Well, I do. <clears throat> Were you last week too? No. Was Jed, Jed was last week. Randy right. Travis. Oh yeah. Um. It's good. So, my album of the week that is worth listening to is going back to my uh, my my country roots, but it's more of like a rock and roll country. Um. Or a actually, you know what? No, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna switch it up right now. We'll do a 180. This is more wow, like you're a, changing it. This is more of a bluegrass. Wow, just flying off the seat of your pants. Yep. Um, I just saw it again, and it's actually one that you and or Jed, I'm sure, have never listened to, okay. and probably never heard any of the songs on it. What is it? So this is like a real 
out of the dark. It is called <clears throat> Peace and Cornbread by the Buffalo Ruckus. So they are... How is peace spelled? Peace, like a peace sign. Mm, nice. They are... Peace uh, and Cornbread? Yep. They are a... They're more of like a bluegrass, folky country, country artist. Um, <clears throat> and I actually just... I won't say I discovered them, but I just started listening to them probably a little less than a month ago. I heard one of their songs on it's just Spotify playlist, and I was like, oh, my God, that song's awesome. I've looked up this album, and I've been listening to it a lot over the last three weeks. But uh, I'm not going to go through the whole track list because it's not, like, a super popular album, so nobody would really know. Well, here's what I'll say. But I'll give you, like, my top three songs. I'll, and before you do that, I'll give you some credit. Okay. You have discovered some bands that I've found to be enjoyable to listen to over my time. Yeah. A couple. Pretty much all of them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give you too much credit, but I'll give you some. <laughs> and I found um, <clears throat> that maybe you are a friend that everyone needs because you just seem to be out looking for new so- new music. Well, I am always. Music is a big thing, so I'm always listening to it. And that's good because I don't. I don't. I guess I don't have the time to do that. And then so. I do venture out once I hear like a song that I like or. So you Whatever. you just listen to like Spotify listen to like, like Spotify playlist, yeah. So like I think I don't remember the playlist exactly that this one was on. Well, actually, it was an Apple Music playlist, but <clears throat> and so great album once again. It's Peace and Cornbread by the Buffalo Ruckus. It's from 2016, so you know it's four or five years old, but the top three songs for me in this album are number three, Carolina Calls. It's number five on the on the uh, track list. It's a good one. Um, you Can Run, number two. And then <clears throat> the first the first one on the uh, the track list is Hills and Valleys. I really like that song a lot. And that was so actually, you think this that was actually compare, the song. Compare a band to these people. Uh, I would say they're kind of like the Steel Drivers. Jeez. Which was which was a band, not obviously not as good as a singer as Chris Stapleton because, you know, it's Chris Stapleton, but um, I would say it's pretty close to like the same the same genre. Actually, that might have been been the playlist that I was on. Hmm. But yeah, Hills and Valleys was the song that I first heard, and that really intrigued me. It's one of those where like, oh god, that was a good song. I had to check these guys out. <laughs> Come on. And then I just played this whole album, and I was like, oh, that's getting added. So, Well, I appreciate you bringing that to my attention, and I hope it's a good one. I and hope I know. I really hope you like it, too. I haven't listened to much of their – I've listened to a couple of other albums, but I just haven't had this one on quite a bit. Oh, good for so, you. Yeah, that's my album worth listening to, coming at you hot with some uh, underground type of stuff. All right, friends. Thanks for listening. October is coming. Get out there this week. If you're still listening, give us a subscribe, a like, a rating. Hmm. Do all that. You know, do really it all. Really shoot helps us in, out. You know, shoot in some questions if you have them. Absolutely. Weston has ample time during the day to respond to <laughs> any requests. Anytime later in the afternoon. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you. Stay safe.